everyone. Welcome to another episode of Lessons Learned Podcast, the dumbest thing I've ever done with money. My name is Suzanne, and I'm the head coach at Grace Financial Coaching. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Lessons Learned, the dumbest thing I've ever done with money. My name is Suzanne, and I'm the head coach at Grace Financial Coaching. And today we are talking to Wendy Barlin. Wendy is more than just an accountant. She is a personal business manager and financial confidant. Wendy's specialty is taking all of those tedious financial chores off of the shoulders of busy professionals and business owners so that they can focus on the areas in which they excel. Wendy's professional experience spans more than 10 years in industries such as hospitality, entertainment, manufacturing, retail, and together with her international background and understanding of foreign trade, Wendy brings rich sources of information to her clients while providing a full range of accounting, bookkeeping, and income tax services. You guys need this. (laughs) Wendy is committed to her client's success, and whether it's establishing a cost-cutting computer system or negotiating with banks or vendors or Doing the boring work of analyzing cash flow, Wendy ensures that all financial decisions for her clients lead to greater profits. How are you, Wendy? I am awesome. Wow, thank you. That was beautiful. Does that really sound like (laughs) me? Well done, Suzanne. You do quite a a lot of important work for your clients, that's for sure. Let's start with um, the boring stuff, the stuff that when somebody starts a business, whether it's a solopreneur or they've got venture capital behind them, the stuff that they kind of ignore because it's boring. I think the biggest issue I see is that people assume that uh, all tax preparers, all CPAs are created equal Mm. and that you start your business and then you take your numbers and you give them to your CPA and they do the work and then they tell you what you owe and you're all good. But you take your little, your little shoebox of receipts. And it really breaks my heart to see how many business owners are not learning anything. Their their CPAs, their tax accountants aren't answering questions. They're not helping. And it's the way the industry has been set up, right? We're doing thousands of returns, trying to get them done as quickly as possible in this tight time frame. And we don't have time to answer the questions. Mm. And so my passion and my value system are that right now, I am working exclusively with business owners to educate them. And what that means is that everybody who I talk to needs to learn how to be an advocate for their own taxes. There's a difference between having a tax preparer and a tax advisor. And you need a tax advisor. And if your preparer is not willing to do that, go find one who is. Because the days of dropping off that box of stuff and picking up a return, I believe, are long gone. You're leaving money on the table. You're overpaying your taxes. Are you filing an accurate tax return? Sure. But you're not getting all the deductions to which you're entitled because the only way to do that is through conversations. So, Suzanne, how's your business going? Where did you spend money? Let's look at these numbers together. How can we do it differently? How can we do it better? If you're not having conversations like that, then you're overpaying your taxes. And that breaks my heart because as small business owners, we're all working so hard. And let's be honest, it's falling on us to support our communities. Yeah, absolutely. My concern is, and this is some of the, this is what I hear sometimes. If I am, let's say I'm talking with a potential client for financial coaching and the feedback is, we don't have time, we don't have time, we don't have time. 
what would you say? I know what I say. What do you say to those well, people? I, would say it's about I don't your have priorities. Time. You know, it's about your priorities. So mm-hmm. if you don't care about overpaying your taxes, great. I mean, somebody's got to pay and pave the roads and pay for all the services, <laughs> right? So if you're willing to overpay because you don't have time, more power to you. But when you reach that point that you go, ugh, I am working so hard. Why am I paying $30,000 in taxes? That could be my home down payment. That could be my summer vacation with my kids. That's the point that you figure out how to make the time. Yeah. And that's that's pretty much the same um, feeling that my potential clients will have is that we've been trying to save money. We've been trying to pay off this debt. We've been trying to contribute to our retirement our, our kids 529 hasn't been touched since they were 18 months old and now they're 18 right. years old and where did 18 years go? And right. so, but when you, when you sit down and you say, this has to become a priority is when you Correct. see that change happen. Correct. For all of us. And, and that's in every aspect of our lives, right? right? It's the same as our health. Like I'm just going to keep eating ice cream until eventually I can no longer button my pants and then it becomes a priority. Okay. My pants don't fit. Now I have to make a different choice. It's the same with money um, and time. Yes. And I would make the argument that the ice cream problem turns into a financial one if you have to buy a whole that's new wardrobe. Probably- <laughs> That's true, right? That's true. And I'm like, okay, now I need to make different choices across the board. Exactly, exactly. So how about, what do you think is the, uh, something that seems to be, uh, I don't want it, a loophole or a piece of knowledge that business owners, it's like the most common thing that you're constantly telling business owners that you're like, why don't more people know this? So a lot of it is tax myths where people are going on Google or they are listening to friends or family. I think the biggest one I hear from a lot of really new business owners is uh, if I take a home office deduction, I'm going to get audited. And I hear that pretty much every day. Really? Uh, Either their accountants are not keeping up with current law, but I haven't seen a home office deduction in 25 years. Besides that, there are close to 20 million home office filers in this country. And if you've ever called the IRS, there's no one there. So I don't know who you think is going to audit you. But um, if you are entitled to deductions, you need to take them. I don't want to see anybody not take a deduction for fear of audit. I mean, even if you got audited, okay, well, I'm entitled to this deduction. So I'm going to take it. I've so then I'm going to prove it. Right. Mm-hmm. Why are you fearful? We're not going to tax jail. We don't make nearly enough money for a spot in tax jail. That's only for like Beyonce, right? The rest of us, we've got our paperwork. You've got your documentation. You send the letter and you say, this is why. So I really implore all business owners to take the deductions to which you are entitled. And don't let fear get in the way of keeping more money in your pocket. I, I'll, that's so interesting because I haven't heard that. And I distinctly remember when I started my business, my tax preparer saying, are you taking the office deduction? I said, yes. He said, good. And that was literally the end of the conversation. I then sent him everything in. He must've thought it looked appropriate and, yeah. and we were good to go. So that's so interesting. I wonder where that myth came from. I, I think, you know, 25 years ago when I started in this business, I did have a client who the IRS showed up at the door, flashed a badge and said, I want to see your office. Do you have a television in there? Oh, then it's not an office. But today that landscape has changed. I mean, we all have televisions in our offices. We use them as monitors. We watch the news. There's a couch in my office. So, you know, certainly it was the case years okay. ago that if you did take a home office 
you were being scrutinized. But today, that's not the case. The IRS has moved on. Now they're looking at other things that are, you know, they're looking at nonprofits. They're looking at travel mm. contributions where people are taking their family on a Bahamas cruise and calling it a business retreat. You and know, writing it off. Yes, right. that's probably not a good idea. Um, but make sure you get the real answers and don't turn to Google or your neighbors for yes. what's appropriate for you. It's like going on WebMD and diagnosing yourself with all the time. Cancer. <laughs> right? My doctor laughs at me. Oh my gosh. It's so true. So just knowing the difference between the truth and right. what's not in reality is, is probably holding well, some people back. It's not not true what's on Google or Wikipedia. It's just that your particular situation is different. Doesn't and apply. It doesn't apply to you, but to the person whose situation was in that article that you read, yes. And so that's often where I tell people spend the money to find out what's best for you because it will save you money. It's like yeah. Tupperware. Exactly, exactly. I've got a lot of people who don't eat leftovers. I'm gonna have to work on them. <laughs> uh, right. In terms of um the benefits of utilizing someone for bookkeeping um, and, and accounting. The I, I just had this conversation with a client and they own a small business and sure enough, they woke up one morning and they had a $30,000 tax bill. Oh, yeah. And it was, it was horrifying. Well, I have another client that woke up personal tax bill. It was their personal accountant and they woke up and they had for the first time in their lives, these are 40 year old people have been filing taxes in the United States since they yeah. started working. They had a $2,000 tax bill. Wow. And to me, it seems like the payment plans have gotten very, um, uh, they're, they're, they're much shorter than yeah. I used to come across. And so that one client that had the two, the, the, the $2,000 in debt, I mean, there was like three options and none of these were good options. And yeah. basically I said, guys, you know, you've got this other debt that we're paying off and they're doing a fantastic job of that. We have to stop doing that. We've got to focus on this $2,000 because yeah. none of these payment plans on the screen you're showing me look good. They all look like you're going to be paying way too much interest if you don't get this thing knocked out in 90 days. And $2,000 for an American, the average American yeah, today, that's a lot. The average American has $400 before they have to go use a credit card. For an emergency. I, uh, I'd say, first of all, get a second opinion. Okay. Because very often a lot of what is owed can be extinguished with just a letter or a phone call. So a lot of tax preparers um, either don't take the time, couldn't be bothered, mm. or don't know that there are a lot of penalties that we can get waived. In fact, usually I can get all penalties waived. Um, very often there's an issue with the return that we can amend and actually bring that number down. There are also um, all kinds of other more gray area strategies like the statute of limitations. They have a limited time to collect. Uh, you can go into non-collect status. Mm. So uh, as much as I want everyone to you know, pay what you owe, I also think before you just set up those payment plans, I would take the time to get a second opinion yeah. um, and really look at what your other options are before just paying. Yeah. And I will say that, I, you know, to your point, the clients I had who had the $30,000, the first thing we did was get a second opinion. Yeah. But when it's too grand, sometimes it does like, oh, crap. All right. The guy just screwed up. Or I think it was actually related to the child 
tax credit oh, from two years ago yeah. and they hadn't paid properly the previous year. Right. So, or two years ago, excuse me, not the previous year. Right. So it ended up being like, Oh, okay. We are actually going to owe that type thing. But right. yeah, even for $2,000, it's probably worth a second opinion. So yeah. It's, uh, yeah. And it's just always worth a phone call. Yeah. It's just always worth a phone call um, to just see what you can do. If anybody is in that situation, I, I don't do tax resolution, but I work with several people who do. And it yeah. is amazing to me some of the things that they can do. So I even had a client once do it himself and he really? got out of paying what he owed. He just see, did not <laughs> give up. It took him six months of phone calls to the IRS and more phone calls and more phone He did it himself and he just kept saying, look, I can't afford this. I can't afford this. Um, and eventually the deck was expunged. Wow. So, you know, if you can pay it and you don't want the stress and you just want it to go away, then, you know, go ahead and pay it. Um, but just know that I, I wouldn't pay it until I had exhausted every opportunity because mm -hmm. even a thousand of that 2000 invested and put towards your future, you know, that's 10 grand. Yeah. Absolutely. Or put in their kids 529 or, or whatever. Yeah. Even, even if it's just put into the emergency fund, it's there right. for something that's more important than paying a tax that you technically don't right. know. <laughs> right, right, well, exactly. Wendy, I created this show to help people realize we all make financial mistakes, whether it's with the IRS or not. So Wendy, what would you say is the dumbest thing you've ever done with money? Well, I would love to say with complete honesty that I've done several. And I think the biggest thing that I want people to remember is that even though I work with money every single day, I have the same struggles as everybody on the call today. My email box is full of marketing emails telling me about all the things I need to buy and I need them today. And so I don't want you to think that your accountant or your lawyer or your doctor are any better than you are because we're not. We yeah. are all learning to manage money in the same way. We're all um, human. I hate to break we're it to everybody. All human. <laughs> and, and so that's usually one of the first things I tell my clients is I have credit card debt. And at one point I had $55,000 in credit card debt that I could not pay. I was leasing a $750 a month BMW. And I was putting things on a credit card because I wanted to look successful. And I wanted my family and friends to think I was successful. And it's been a long road. I paid off all that debt. I moved it from zero card to zero card to zero card. And I paid it all off, which mm -hmm. gives me a great sense of pride. But I think it's really important for people to know that we all have these issues. We all yeah, do. Absolutely. Um, and I am not a budgeter. I've okay. never been able to budget. I've tried everything <laughs> in the world. My grandfather was so disappointed in me. I tried <laughs> sticky notes and colored journals and envelopes. I mean, you name it, I tried. I spent so much money trying to budget. Um, and I've never been able to. And for me, it was about the abundance mindset. Mm. I believe there's just more. I, I'm an abundance thinker. And the idea of living within a budget um, is, is a scarcity mindset that gives me great anxiety. And there's another example. I'm getting a phone call where someone's trying to tell me to upgrade my Spectrum Internet service. Oh, right? my goodness. Just another gracious. opportunity to spend money I don't need to spend. Yes, yes. And it is. It's so true. It's all around us at any given moment, all right. times of the day. Um, the thing with budgeting and having it be the abundance and the scarcity mindset is a budget doesn't 
tell you you can't spend money in this area. It gives you the freedom to spend money in an area. Yes. (laughs) So what I would say is- The mindset shift I had to make is to see it more as an awareness and less of a constraint. And so for me, the biggest thing was putting a vision board on my wall having a vision board in my calendar, the screensaver of my phone is a vision board, so that any time I think about buying something because it's on sale, um, I look up at my vision board and I go, well, do I want this or do I want that? And that yeah. really creates an awareness that helps me instead of the no, because it's outside of your budget, no, which right. makes me want to be, well, I'll show you. Well, it's interesting that you used, so um, right now, as we're recording this in summer of 2023, uh, it's very difficult to get 0% interest cards. Yes. Almost impossible. Um, I I had a client who was sent an offer, I think by their existing bank, saying here's a new credit card that we're putting out and it's 0% for 12 months. And my client was like, Let's do it. Let's transfer the whole thing. It was like, literally, it was like a 1% transfer fee and 0% for 12 months. I did the math and I said, you can't pay this down in 12 months. Oh, oh yes. Then it's very bad. Then it's, and so, but it took quite a few shared screens of calculator and (laughs) and some handwritten notes to get him to realize this is not the right move. If it had been if it had been 18 or 24 months, we yeah. might have made it work. Or a smaller dollar amount. Or, or a slightly smaller credit card amount that we were transferring. Yeah. Um, so we ended that up not worked. doing it at all. And I know some people would say, well, you should have just transferred what he could pay off. It it was getting to the point where we would have had to have zero emergencies for 12 months. Oh, yeah. And that's it was just scary. a little too tight. And I was like, I'd rather you have yeah. this buffer in your budget a couple thousand in your emergency fund yeah. than you and me meeting twice a month and saying, okay, nothing happened yeah. this month, but if one tire goes, the whole plan's off. And now well, you and get that debt just mounts so quickly. You know, yeah. I, I mean, I looked at it and I was like, how did this even happen? Like, how did this happen so fast? Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, you know, I, I think for me, the feeling was, I'm making money, I'm spending money, I'm making money, I'm spending money. And so this feeling was, I work so hard, I deserve it. And I'm making money, so I should spend money. I deserve nice things. Um, And it kind of gets a life of its own. And then it's only when you look at that grand total and you go, wow, like what just happened? And and many times I'll meet people who are being very diligent in their business spending, but it's out of control in the personal spending. Every once in a while, both will be a reflection of either of each. Yeah. Um, but very frequently, the business is locked in and the personal spending. Oh my gosh! Yes. Building. I was just working with a client like that last week, where I said to them, I did a tax assessment, and I said, if we put these deductions in place, I can save you sixty thousand dollars. That's a lot of money. And so, what do you have in your bank account, like? nothing. And I said, well, here's the thing. I'm not going to work so hard to save you all this tax money and claw it back only for you to fritter it away Mm. um, because their personal spending was just outrageous. Interesting. It is. It's hard. Yeah. The American marketing machine is very good at what it does. Yes, it is. It's extremely good. And I think the, um, 
uh, I actually had, uh, did an interview one time. This is going on two years ago now, uh, where the person's dumbest thing they ever did with money was convince themselves that thrift store spending wasn't really spending. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so they had cut out all the uh, emails and they had unsubscribed from everything. And by the way, uh, some of these companies need to be sued for not oh, following yeah. the regulations when it comes to the Can Spam Act of right. 2009 or whatever that was, 2001. But right. because you unsubscribe from these things and you get an email from them too. They months still later. come back. I know. Yeah. Something uh, that, that's got to be tightened up. Listen up, uh, legislature. I'm that's going to be fixed again. <laughs> I'm gonna think it, because I'll do that too. I'll go through my email and just go unsubscribe. I don't even want to see this anymore. It yeah. makes it harder every day to keep saying no. And my you know, poor husband it, has probably sub- unsubscribed from like three car part websites. Yep. And they just keep coming back. He's I like, know. Oh, I know. And I you know <laughs> when I paid off that credit card debt, I said to myself, never again. But I kind of feel it's like childbirth where you forget. You forget how painful it was. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, this is a challenge I face every single day, just like everybody else, where I got to keep my eye on what do I really want? What do I really want? Because it is so easy to go, oh, this is a good deal. Yes. I should do this. And that's what happened with my with the person I interviewed with the thrift stores. It was this item, right? This item yeah. brand new would be $149.99. Here it is in the thrift store for $19.99. Right. So it's okay. Yes. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> it doesn't drop real they money. They used to teach us at Weight Watchers, if you're walking around the house eating a cookie, it doesn't matter. It only matters when you're sitting down and you eat. <laughs> it's so true. It's amazing how we justify these things. We're right? so good at that as Americans. Well, Wendy, final question. If you could go back in time, what would you do differently? I would figure out how to manage my money at a much younger age. Mm. If my 20 year old self who was making $40,000 with no commitments, I had nothing. I didn't have a mortgage. I didn't have kids. If I could go back and help my 20 year old self put some of these cash management strategies that you guys are teaching in place, I think I would have more money and more wealth in the bank today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I spent too long uh, trying to spend myself into happiness before I realized there was a different way. Yes, yes. It's the sooner we can start, the better. But I always tell people, it doesn't matter if you're 65. I've got somebody right now who's 65 and retiring in a couple of years. And it doesn't matter. Every step that they're doing right now today yeah. is going to help them in that one year later. And if Absolutely. they if they didn't do it, then there'd be zero help, right? So right. it's totally worth starting the journey sooner, but it's also never too late. Yeah. Yes. So everybody, all of Wendy's contact information is in our show notes. As always, I Thank do you. hope you look her up uh, to find out where you are overspending in your taxes, because I guarantee the majority of us probably are. And Wendy, I want to thank you for your honesty and telling us about your financial blunders today. And uh, I hope everyone will join us again, me, uh, join me again next week for another episode of Lessons Learned, the dumbest thing I've ever done with money. Thanks again, Wendy. Thank you, Suzanne. Learn podcast, the dumbest thing I've ever done with money. Make sure to subscribe to the Grace Financial Coaching YouTube channel and please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts.